You are listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet. It gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe, which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. 
We always resisted and we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We this like call may be recorded And or consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are. And those changing in the near future. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Brother Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything is well with you today. I hope you're going to have a good day today and uh, do all the things that you need to do, must do, can do, should, and will do. And I hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it has to get done, it must be done, and it will get done by you, and you'll do it safely. And that's why we have much admiration and respect and love for you. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot, if you cannot, Listen to this program live. You can go to the archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. The shortcut, if whatever you might use, you know, uh, uh, whatever your, um, you know, how you get on the Internet, Google, Google Chrome, Firefox, you know, all of those, whatever you use, just hit, put in, in the search, Baba, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I, Baba Oshi.net, Baba Oshi.net, and it'll take you right there to those programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern times. On Mondays from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with Dr. Mawia Kamban and sometimes Dr. Kamal Kamban and their daughter, Nataki Kamban. They're broadcasting out of Ghana, out of Africa. And then on Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10. On Wednesdays, the Black Farmers Report. This evening from 8 to 9, the Black Farmers Report. If it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Fridays. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. 
And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We buy black. The largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. I saw a commercial they had on, on Facebook. It was really cool. Loved it. Good commercial. And of course, they're, you know, getting more products and whatever. And, uh, but one thing they want to do is develop a supermarket, not just here, but in other cities where we're predominant, you know, and that's a good thing for us to do is to have supermarkets. Can't, you know, a supermarket is necessary. It provides all those, and you and you assist uh, our, our farmers, and but more importantly, you also, um, you know, provide jobs for our children. It's a lot of stuff. So, and to me, it, them have not, them having not realized that 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 venture. Is a damn shame. It's a damn shame, and it's just and, and and that's a damn shame for these folks here in Atlanta that we don't have a supermarket. All these folks with all that money and everything like that, and that we don't have a supermarket here in Atlanta. So, yeah, I tell you. Uh, let me do this right quick. So. We don't get it disturbed. <laughs> so we buy black.com, brothers and sisters. Check them out. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bamani Tahim has been taking our people to the motherland, giving them the experience of a lifetime. And he's ready to go again next month, May 24th to June 5th, 2022. $3,800 to Ghana. And then November 17th through the 28th, 2022 to Tanzania for $3,800. Then December 24th to January 5th, 2023, $4,000, $4,400 or $4,000 to Ghana. And then the uh, trip that was postponed and now rescheduled for March 31st to April 10th to Senegal and Gambia, $3,800. And then May 24th to June 5th to Ghana, $4,000. And then July 20th through the 30th, July 20th through the 30th, 2023, $3,800 to go to Liberia, to Liberia, to West Africa. And then December 24th, 2023 to January 4th, 2024, $4,000 to South Africa. Remember, go on the website. AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Uh, everything that you need to make that trip of a lifetime is there for you. Uh, also, too, uh, all the things that you need to make that trip, the paperwork, the visas, any you know, information that you request. Also, too, the opportunity to buy land and invest in the Black Star repatriation. Repatriation means going back home. And, of course, the Pan-African community in Ghana where you can repatriate, too. So, Africa for the Africans.org. Brothers and sisters, if you want to see pictures, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habashaw. Habashaw Incorporated, helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habashaw Incorporated.org. 
and of course the projects that they have, the Kashi uh, Habasha Works, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Golden Growers, Sustainable Seeds, and the Urban Green Jobs, all of there. And the Kashi project that they're unveiling in October, October 8th through the, October 8th through the 17th, 2022, this year. I mean, the, the buildings are up. It is beautiful. Go on, go to HabashaWorks.org. Habasha Incorporated.org. The Ledge Program, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The Ledge Program, brothers and sisters, go to the Ledge Program and become a member. Remember, they work in four areas of human existence food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six countries, 170 employed, and over 260 members. And if you become a member, you have the opportunity to buy land in Tanzania for $250 an acre. That's right. You, you know, you can have your summer home in Tanzania. You can hike up Kilimanjaro. You can go to the savannah. You can see safaris and animals. Tanzania. All right. Abibi Atumi. Abibi Atumi. A B I B I T U M I dot com. Abibi Atumi dot com. Brothers and sisters, go to Abibi Atumi dot com and uh, uh, become a member. Um, make it a, a constant thing that you search for because they got good stuff, good events that are going on, uh, language classes, news feeds, groups. Uh, the shop where you can buy things. Abibi Atumi dot com. A B I B I T U M I dot com smile pharmacy s-m-a-i-f-a-r-m-a-c-y smile pharmacy brothers and sisters give brother jabril a call at 731-731-327-6229 if you are interested in helping with your health and you can uh you know, because, um, you know, a lot of people, our health is, you know, it's very important. And we need to uh, do everything that we can to maintain our health. Give him a call. He'll write a plan for you. He'll tell you what's going on. He'll tell you the things that you need. That's Smy Pharmacy. And you can email him if you want to send him an email. If you want to call him, send him an email at S M A I F A R M A C Y at gmail.com. It's my pharmacy. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located in the West End here in Atlanta, uh, located on Ralph David Abernathy, across the street from Soul Vegetarian, and down the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and all kinds of other. Uh, delectables and health aids and on weekends uh, Saturday and Sunday you can buy vegan food so Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar the Black Dot Cultural Center and bookstore and coffee shop located in Lithonia at the Black Dot your brother Ajamu Brother Kazim De Ajamu will call at 404-519-8107, 404-519-8107. Black Dot Culture Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. There is light in the Black Dot. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mamma Nia. I saw her the other day. 
She is just a beautiful sister, a beautiful spirit, you know, and 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 she does her best to present that information. I know a lot of us don't read anymore, and our children don't read, and they need to, you know. But there, she has tapes there too. <laughs> so, but the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give Mama Nia a call at four zero four three four six three two six three four zero four three four six three two six three and athletic books excuse me athletic clothing and the uh, sports apparel located in the new black wall street market the new black wall street market located in stonecrest just go i-20 east and it's just the exit pass where the black dot is and that is uh turner hill road exit turner hill road make a right the, the third light make another right if you pass Popeyes, you're gone too far. <laughs> Make it right there, and on the left is the new Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. They have their Thursday night broadcast tomorrow evening on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU, us lifting us. Every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. You can call to listen or you can make comments or concerns and questions dialing 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. That's us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa, cooperative economics, or as we we like to say, family-centered economics. Homeland Village, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop and Everything in the store, man. They got furniture. They got artwork. They got clothing. They, they, they even have a vegan restaurant in the store. Of course, tapes and books and all kind of stuff. Brother Abija's got it going on. His book, his, his shop is at 20, 2910 Napier Avenue, Macon, Georgia. 2910 Napier Avenue, Macon, Georgia. Give Brother Abija a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. That's Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Give our sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Six three. She has all kinds of stuff. A lot of novelties, and you know, the red, black, and green umbrellas, and just kind of good stuff. The stuff for your beard. So if your brother's got some hair on your face, and you want the stuff to be looking groomed and shining and everything, she's got you. Incense, everything. Shelly Almond said, "Sun got a sense. Your one stop natural shop." Sanjay dash dot org. Sanjay sister Gabby in northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Give my sister. uh Go online, check her organization out, and believe me, you'll see these beautiful children in, in their school stuff they have. They're dealing with education, health care, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship, and they deserve to be supported because you know there's no safety nets. They rely on the generosity of brothers and sisters like us, and so we must support Sanjay. Dash Haiti. That's Sanjay S O N J E dash Haiti A Y I T I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti. And of course, Baba Barudi and in, in Inia 
can't speak enough about them and what they do and the sacrifices that they make, you know. Um, send your check or money order out to Occupant Institute, P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. P.O. Box 10786, 30310, Atlanta, Georgia. Or you can use PayPal, Yabarudi at Yahoo for PayPal. Cash app, dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, and then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, for Cash App. And of course, his books are, you can go online to akabenhouse.com, akabenhouse.com, to get all the great books that Baba Baruti, uh, he's a prolific writer, and uh, I'm quite sure there'll be something there for you. There's something right here, it's the Yenye Seisem of Daily Revolutionary Thought. The Yenye Seisem of daily revolutionary thought. April 26. Dislike without knowledge is not firm. Dislike without knowledge is not firm. Aikwe Arman. A jilted lover too blind to see that he or she was deliberately betrayed is likely to be used and abused by the same person in the same way over and over again. This warning illustrating the weakness of ignorance and blind devotion, in fact, applies to every type of relationship in a reality where abuse of and control over others determines one's power and worth. In such a world, the corruptive effect of, of a will to dominate extends itself outward into every relationship that, is, that its originators and carriers have with others. Case in point, are those curious Africans who claim to dislike those who they are fully aware have an unbroken record of hatred against us. Strangely, they cannot believe that this hatred is embedded in Yugo's heart. No matter how convincing their defense, these steadfast disbelievers are not true warriors. True warriors know their enemies. Those incomplete warriors are no more than a closet devotees devotees of insanity veiled syncopats desperately rationalizing their mental desire to be respected and included in others deadpanning gains they sit and wait for those who have always benefited from being evil to stop being their natural selves they refuse to acknowledge that an entire people can be innately evil Understanding this is basic in the African warrior's knowledge base. I repeat, understanding that Urugu, the European, is who he is. Understanding this is in an African warrior's knowledge base. Affirm, I know my enemies. Affirm, I know my enemies. April 27th, to go back to tradition is the first step forward. To go back to our tradition is the first step forward. Sankofa. Sankofa. African proverb. Many of us are earnestly searching for our original selves. We have too long felt, we have too long felt the discomfort of being in a place that pulls us against our spirit. And we have discovered that to find our way, we must look deeply within to identify our true selves at all times. Lying Western ignorance would have us believe that tradition is constraining, outmoded, and especially for us, determining to our progressive as human beings, 
detrimental to our progression as human beings evolving away from backwardness. Yet, the bearers of the delusional European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, white supremacy, have never even slightly abandoned their mode, their most ancient self-defining core. Regardless of what they say, we should know that tradition knows no place or time. It finds sanctuary wherever its peoples are. No matter what else we may think we know, it is for certain that we are now and have always been and for and will and forever be our ancestors. We should know that tradition is no more or less than all of the intellectual, mechanical, metaphysical technology which naturally maintains a people as they have come to see themselves in the universe. It is the result of untold generations consciously working together to correct their errors and perfect those corrections. Tradition is the culmination of all that has been tried and proven true through the experience of a people. It defines that people's worth and existence. Without tradition, a people cease to exist. Affirm, I am ancestors in every way they were African. Affirm, I am my ancestors in every way that they were African. Brothers and sisters, we are African people. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. The daily revolutionary thought. Ah, yeah, today... This is the 27th. It's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, and thank uh, all those brothers and sisters who have called and texted. And I haven't even got on email. I know that's going to be. But you know what? I, I, I thank all those who think and, and are, who are uh, considerate, thoughtful enough to drop a line to say, hey, happy birthday or whatever. And, and I don't take that lightly because it's, it's um, another opportunity to do something positive for our people. Another opportunity to share and connect. So brothers and sisters, no, I'm dead serious that, you know, I hope we have many more birthdays, all of us. Yeah, it's also was Claretta Scott King's birthday, the 27th of April. And But when I found out some many years ago that my birthday uh, was the same as uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Ishaka Musa, Barishango, I was like, wow, because I like I like that brother. In fact, what we're going to do today is pay honor to him on his birthday, his last, his last speech and that you can get off on YouTube. I'm going to play that today, part one and two, and um, we'll talk further about that because I think that needs to be discussed. He was a great warrior, uh, a man who um, who consistently told us, quit celebrating them damn European holidays. <laughs> Give up your money. All that foolishness. Yeah. Ishaka Musa Barashango. And so we're going to pay tribute to him today and uh, I want to uh, in on the website New African Spirituality New African Spirituality Reverend Dr. Ishaka Musa Barashango affectionately known as Baba 
began his journey to Nasamando, the land of the ancestors. And he was born this day, April 27, 1938. He died January 14th. 2004. He was 66 years old when he made his transition. He was 66 years old. He apparently succumbed to a heart attack during his morning walk. This dynamic minister, author, historian, educator, and motivational speaker was born in Philadelphia on this day in 1938. Dr. Shango received his Bachelor's of Arts degree in religion from Oakwood College in Huntsville, Alabama. He studied for his master's degree at Northeastern Seminary in Tacoma Park, Maryland. The New African University Network System of D.C. saluted him with an honorary doctorate of philosophy degree in 79. Reverend Barishango Reverend founded the Temple of the Black Messiah, School of History and Religion, and the co-founded Fourth Dynasty Publishing Company of Silver Spring, Maryland. He he also taught history and religion in several colleges and universities. As well as a lecturer, of, you know, he had many CDs. Dr. Barishango was the author of several books, including African People and European Holidays, A Mental Genocide, Book One. African People and European Holidays and Mental Genocide, Book Two. God, the Bible, and the Black Man's Destiny. African Women, the Original Guardian Angel and African Genesis, Amazing Stories of Man's Beginning. Dr. Bear Shango was completely dedicated to the physical, mental, and spiritual liberation of new African people. He dedicated his life to this cause. Yes, he did. He dedicated his life to the cause of the liberation of African people. Yeah. On the website, New African Spirituality, dot Weebly W-E-E-B-L-I dot com and that's where reading from the five pillars the five pillars of African spirituality number one African divinity give homage and veneration to African creator African spirits African ancestors and the spiritual sacredness of nature number two African shrines and altars. Give daily libations and offerings of praise and tribute to African divinity and ancestors at the African shrines and altars to seek guidance and well-being. Number three, African traditions. Give honor and praise to the sacredness of African traditions and cultures. Didn't I just read that in the Enya Sesa? I told you. You know, I when I pick a subject, I don't read the Inye Say something beforehand and then pick. I pick the subject and then Inye Say something coincides with what I'm going to talk about because that's the spirit of African people, the spirit of African ancestors. African traditions give honor and praise to the sacredness of African traditions and culture. Number four, African family. Be committed to empower and uplift the excellence of our people, our nation, our families, and ourselves. African sacred lands. Be committed to repatriation or pilgrimage. 
if possible in one's lifetime to African sacred lands. Those are the five pillars of African spirituality. The five pillars of African spirituality. New African spirituality is integrative. It's integrative. It's based on our enslaved African ancestors' retention and the blend of traditional African religious beliefs like the Akan, the Mangdinka, the Bodun, Yoruba, Igbo, etc. Adapted to a new world captivity in America. New African spirituality is the remembrance, inspiration, courage, and self-determination that has provided new African people inspiration and freedom methods, the tools to organize, to resist, to heal, to survive, and to succeed under domestic colonial racial oppression by maintaining our beliefs, our integrated spiritual cultural way of life, and a sense of land and independence. One of the main tenets of new African spirituality is point number 14 of the new African creed. I will keep myself clean in body and dress in speech, knowing that I'm a light set on the hill, a true representative of what we are building as a model, as an example, family. That's what we must do as a model, as an example. We have revolutionary dynamics but without spirituality we are wasting our time the honorable Dr. Nana John Henry Clark I love Dr. John Henry Clark yes uh, and they have a piece here by by Dr. Amos Wilson I'm not going to play it I'm going to go ahead and let uh Dr. Bereshango, Ishaka Musa, Bereshango, talk to you. You know, what a dynamic brother, you know. Yeah, because I was uh, fortunate to find that out. If we share that uh, birthday together, I'm going to let the whole thing play through so it'll be beyond our 12 o'clock hour. In fact, I'll just come back in. And so for those who uh, want to ask questions and those who want to give comments and so forth. Today we are paying homage and privilege to Dr. Bereshango, uh, Ishaka Musa Bereshango, you know. And so I'm asking uh, you brothers and sisters to give a listen and respond. <laughs>
is no plaything, y'all. It's not. The universe requires of us a certain responsibility once we come to this knowledge. It's not something you think you can, but it's not something you can pick up and put down. If the universe chose you out of all this death, dumb, and blindness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, peace be upon him, taught us about, of all of this death of ignorance we have been in, if the universe put its hand on you and chose you, you didn't choose it, chose you, to expose you to this light, they did it for the purpose of not just you having the damn information. They did it because with that comes a responsibility to pass it on and to teach it. And also the responsibility to support those who they use to bring it to you. That's it. And that you've got to keep that in mind. We shouldn't have to keep going over this over and over again with you. So now that I've shared it with you, I know you're going to share that with everybody else. Then now I'm getting, uh, you know, that helps to bring my pressure down. <laughs> Get it off of me. First, let me start with the history section. I got several sections here. I got a section on our story, not history. I got the section on the Bible. From an African-centered frame of reference. I got the section on Jesus. The uh, historical reality, uh, African historical reality about that. I got the section on freedom fighters. And I have a section on holidays. Let me start with the section on our story first. Our story. The true history of the black man. And that's a generic term. That includes the woman. But it would have took too much ink to try to say both of those sisters. So when we're talking about that, we're talking about all-inclusive. You know me. I do that. So don't pick with me on that, all right? Volume 1. Now, I got volume 5 in my hand. Let me back up here. Volume 1 is entitled, It All Began in the Motherland. Dr. Felder touched on some of that tonight. The book I'm working on now that will be, should be off the press by the middle of the end of uh, July is in, I mean, I'm sorry, January, is entitled African Origin of the Human Species. And it is uh, the study of paleoanthropology. Don't let that word frighten you. It's a fifth-cent word that means the study of ancient humans from an African-centered frame of reference. I'm changing the language to suit us. I don't like the term Australopithecine. It is not appropriate because Pithecine means ape, and we weren't no damn apes. They were humans. So I've given them their proper names in this book. I've given them the proper name in these lectures here. We define who those people are because they are our ancestors and National Geographics and Leakey and none of them have a right to do that. As a matter of fact, it be the Africans finding the bones and I can prove that and I can point that out in the book. I have 12 different profiles and that's just a few. That's all I can fit in that of indigenous Africans who are the ones who are actually finding these bones there. And name them for you. People that you see on Discovery Channel in the background digging up something or, or dragging something across the, the field. They're the people who actually do it. So we begin back 15 million years ago with this. It all began in the motherland. And 15 million years ago, it really, I'm beginning to find out, kind of young when it comes to the true story of African people. And we go from 15 million years. Yes, how do we know it's 15 million years? You'll find out on this tape. Because the oldest human 
bone, jawbone, that has been uncovered. Nothing is being discovered. Everything is being rediscovered and uncovered. It has been found in Kenya, East al Kabul land, Misnomit, Africa, land of the blacks. And it is 15 million years of age, and I'm going to let you find out for yourself who found it there. And if we go from 15 million there, I believe, to 2 million years. And then we go from 2 million years or 1.6 million years to uh, about 100,000 years, or 200,000 years, I believe it is here. And volume two is entitled The Amazing Story of Africa's Talking Bones. And there's a man in here I want you to know about, you should know about, and all your children should know about. You should know his name. It should become a household word because this black man has found more bones of ancient humans than any other man on the face of the earth. And they come to him and they say, how is it you can do this? And we send in all these Harvard-educated people, these people from all these different universities, and they can't find these bones. And he said to him, point blank, my ancestors speak to me and tell me where they are. And they laughed at him, but you'll be interested in seeing how they found out. The laugh was turned on them when they found out the reality of the fact that his ancestors did, in fact, speak to him and tell him where they were, speaking to a lot of Africans and say, here we are over here. White men been digging over there for weeks, for months. African come along and dig in the same damn spot and come up with it and it's right there. This is a wonderful and interesting study here and to know that. Volume 3 the world's first artist that all began in the motherland. You go from about 100,000 years there, I think, to 20,000. The first artist on this world. Those art, the artwork they found in the caves in the Sahil, they try to give credit to that to the Cro-Magnon, which is the immediate ancestor of the Caucasian. There, the immediate uh, ancestor of the Mutanoid. These are the proper terms that could, should be used. And uh, Dr. Milana, not the one here, not Karinga, but the one in Ghana, has proven scientifically that they are not members of the Homo sapien sapien species. They belong to a canine species. And they have already told you that they do. They tell you that dogs are people too, you know, and a dog is man's best friend. And the name of their deity is God, and spell that back. So that all, man, there's some heavy stuff in here you just have to deal with. I'm not going to give it away. You're going to have to get it. I only got three of each title up here, man. So um, don't copy them, but you can get them and listen to them together, all right? Because I only have three of each copy. I was trying to bring a good variety. Uh, Volume 4, Cush, Home of the Gods. And I'm just using that as a convenient term in Masters. uh, No, what is it? Home of the Gods and Land of the Sacred Race. That's what it is. All the world worshipped African people. The Greeks worshipped African people. They even made up a word to try to describe what African people did because they couldn't figure out how they did it. And the word is the Greek word magikos, which means magic, which means we can't figure out how these black folks did all this. That's where the word magic comes from. It was a, a, a terminology created 
in honor and homage to the black man and woman whom Herodotus tells you all of the Greek gods and goddesses came out of Africa. They were heroes, heroes, kings and queens and great people from Africa who built mighty civilizations that spread all over the globe. We're not just saying this. We are scientists who deal with empirical data so we can prove it. It is documented there. And, of course, you could never cover it in one tape, but I, I do give an overview in Volume 5 of Kemet, Land of the Giants and Masters of the High Science there. They were relatively uh, moderate in their physical build. In some areas, they were the big, tall, uh, Nubian type. But the way that they built and what they did and the level they thought on was the level of giants. And when you go see the ruins there, how many have been to Kemet? When you go see the ruins there today, it astounds you, and you have to think that gigantic people put it there. You know that statue of Ramasu at the Ramesseum? That when it was all together weighed 2 million pounds, and they brought it from 200 miles away? And I said, now, I'm saying this affectionately. This is not a good term, but I got, I had, this is what I said. First of all, I was trying to be spiritual and reverent, but all I could say was, damn, how do niggas take two million pounds and move it across the street, let alone 200 miles? How did they get that thing up there? Can't nobody figure that out yet. They're they, they magicos. Don't nobody know how they did that. And that's just some of the wonderful things there that I talk about on this lecture. Now, Still dealing with our story. African origin of the human species, although it does not cover all that's in the book, by no means does it do that, it's a good introduction. It only begins between 14 and 15 million years ago, and it goes up to the time of the founding of the Kushite Empire. So it gives you an introduction. Also, my approach to this study then was by and large new in the, in the days that this, I forget, a couple of decades when this was, lecture was given at Morgan State University. And I was inclined to go along with what paleoanthropologists all were saying, and that was that man descended out of the ape and all that because of the fact that uh, the ape is the closest uh, genetic relative to uh, humans on the earth. The gorilla is my favorite animal, and if I had to choose to be an animal, that's what I would be. But I don't choose to be one, and I'm not one. But it's 95, although my children act like park apes when they're little, and so do I. But, you know, and they act, and apes act like 95. The same. Uh, there's a 95, 95% uh, 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 genetic uh, similarity between humans and gorillas. So there's 5% margin in there. And between chimpanzee, the one I definitely wouldn't want to be, there is 98, 98%. Now, those percentages mean a lot. Take, for instance, the fact that in terms of intelligence, the DNA, the measure, they can measure your intelligence or your uh, cap intelligence capability. Uh, gorilla, uh, apes, a uh, gorilla, a uh, chimpanzee has, I think, the, chimp, uh, the gorilla has four strands of that DNA. The chimpanzee has five strands of that DNA. 
And most humans have six strands of that DNA. We're talking about Europeans and others. But Africans that come from the heartland of our cable land, from the Sudan land of the blacks, have nine strands of DNA. Now, if that don't tell you something, there's nothing I can say to you. Absolutely nothing. In the beginning was the black race. You, the story as it is told in the tape, uh, African Origin of the Human Species, is taken from the study of paleoanthropology and also an African-centered uh, uh, overview of the theory of evolution. And this, which they call misnomer science, and it cannot be called science because you cannot prove it. It's not a natural law. It's natural law. It's, it's a hypothesis. And that's different. Your, your method of approaching it may be scientific methodology, but it is not science. You understand what I'm saying? Then there's the other major theory of the origin of humans, and that is the theory of creationism, that some deity or some greater power, greater power created. Mm -hmm. And I do I know that there is a divine mind and intelligence from which we have descended, that we have come out of there. Uh, now, in terms of millions of years of human development uh, through its different stages, and they were humans, now I want you to keep that in mind, through their different stages of development, just like a baby develops through different stages, even this day to become an adult, uh, has nothing to do with the fact that we are directly descendants of the divine creative force in the universe, the mother, father, energy in the universe. We, uh, millions of years seem like a lot to us because of the short span of time we have on this earth presently. But they are not a lot of years in terms of cosmic chronology and reality. So you have to keep that in mind. Anyway, in the theory of creationism, in the beginning was the black race. I go, I take some excerpts from my book and expand on them, African Genesis, Amazing Stories of Man's Beginning. And we start right with that chapter, in the beginning, God, which is a misnomer, which is a mistranslation from Elohim, which is Hebrew for the strong ones, denoting the mother, father energy in the universe, which Africans have always talked about and thought about before white folks came and brought up this masturbating God who had a son by himself and created everything by himself without mother, father energy. That concept existed nowhere else in the world until Indo-Europeans came down out of those caves and brought it to the world. Because they have a problem with the female. Well, anyway, and I think I have this story on there that I always challenge black women with on this story. And that's that story of Adam and Eve. And I put it in a lot of context. And how you, as a black woman, run up in these churches, give them all your money and love your pastor and everything. And he tell you, you ain't nothing and you done brought sin in the world. And I go into this story and its ridiculousness and how it came about and where they got it from. And why should you take the blame for all of that? Even if a woman had done it, you ain't do it. And so why are you going through that? Well, say, that's why a woman suffers a childbirth. A roach does, too. Did a roach eat off the damn tree? First of all, what was the tree doing there? Who put the tree there? That's called entrapment, but don't let me spoil it for you. You got such an insecure God now that he has to put something there to test you. Put something there, make it all be, and then let a talking snake be in it at that and tell you don't touch it. 
Hey, man, what you dealing with here? You dealing with white folks messed up psychological. I mean, they, they are just sick, demonic creatures. And I, I'm, man, I tell them that to their damn face. You're just sick, demonic creatures. There's no discussion here. Debate. How the hell are you going to debate me? You ain't got enough mind to debate me. You don't know enough. Yeah, you don't have enough DNA to do that. You don't have enough knowledge. Well, we have the encyclopedia. See, all that shit can be kicked down in, in one night. We can we put all our scholars on all of that, and you ain't got nothing. You're stupid. I'm serious. We do. We have the greatest brain trust. That's what I'm saying. You got to stop letting us suffer like this, man. We got scientists in every field. We got the greatest mathematician and physicist on the face of the damn earth that's gone a thousand times farther than Einstein and he round here trying to figure out how he gonna pay his damn mortgage well you ought to be ashamed of yourself as a race for letting that kind of stuff happen why you got to get behind your scholars and you have to establish institutions that they can be in and they're not asking for a whole lot they just want to go teach this stuff get this information out if this man uh, Dr. Yibo gets the right resource when, I'm not saying that, when he gets the right resource in his hand, there'll be a whole transformation with the race because we got a team of scientists that are working with him now, doing the best they can with nothing. Dr. Uh, Gabriel Yibo is the number one physicist and mathematician on the earth. And he says he didn't discover anything. The ancestors revealed it to him. And the white folks told him, you come work for us and we'll take good care of you. And he said, I cannot do that because my ancestors told me when they showed me this that it has to be for African people. That's a hell of a damn stand for somebody to take. That's a hell of a stand, man. I mean... Einstein couldn't even hold a conversation with this man. I'm serious, brothers and sisters. You've got to know what you have. Portrait of the eternal people. Eternal people. I have a uh, dictum, a saying that I have that my, many of my students like to quote. There never was a time when the black race was not, and there'll never be a time when the black race will cease to be. You say, well, you say we're 15 million years old, and you say the planet is 4.6 billion years old and all that. We were always in the mind of the divine mind. For when the divine mind decided, and we still don't know how far back it goes, there could be a couple of hundred million. When the divine mind decided to put something on this earth that would represent it and was a replicate of what it would look like if it had a physical form, that something was an African. And for millions of years, there was nothing but that. I started two million years ago, in case 15 million years might blow your circuits, but I take you through many of the high culture uh, scientific civilizations that Africans established all over this planet, in Greece and Rome and Asia and many places. And I quote from so many of our scholars that if you haven't built your library by now, we'll certainly help you to do so. Now... Let me go into the Bible. Now, let me say this. I better get a drink of water. And pull some out for the brothers who ain't here. All right? We 
Uh, see, I'm a gangster preacher. <laughs> the Bible is nothing but the history. In fact, this one is entitled How to Find Black History in the Bible. It is nothing but the story of a little tiny nation of African people who lived in not in Judea, not in Israel, not in Palestine, not in the Middle East, but in Northeast Africa. Northeast Archibald Land. That is what it is, and that is what we should only refer to it as. This nation lived in. The reason why their literature survived because they hid it in caves. When the Greeks came in, they burned up a lot of ours. They came in, they burned up 500,000 volumes at one time. The Romans, 700,000 volumes in Carthartus. Knowledge that is still in us, though. We don't even know we're carrying it around, all them volumes of knowledge. That will come to fore at the right time in the right place. But this shows us without a shadow of a doubt that these people spoken of in the Bible were African people. You say, well, I don't care about the Bible. I've grown out of that. I'm glad to hear that. However, most of our people haven't. And to be able, very seldom do, or do they invite me in churches when I go all do this message because I make them open their Bibles and read the text themselves. They'd be mad as all get out at me. But they can't say nothing because in the Bible. You understand? And when you can teach history like that, teach a story like that, man, you got black folks. Because you got black folks say dumb stuff like, I don't need to know all that history stuff. I don't need to know all that. All I need to know is the Bible. Do you say that shit when your TV break down? When your cable break down? Do you say that? Hell no. When you get sick, you run your ass to the emergency room. You don't be talking about give me my Bible. You're talking give me a doctor. Give me some drugs. Cut me if you have to. But help me. They don't go try to find a text for that. After they had an operation, then the preacher come and read some stuff and say some words and all that. Let's be real, man, about that. Amazing black facts of the Bible. Amazing, you say it's a great tape, man. Amazing great faith, uh, black facts of the Bible and historical outline. The hell do these stories mean? Noah and the ark, Adam and Eve, Abraham. Every what did the stories mean? Where did they come from, y'all? You're reading stories that were in existence long before there was ever a Bible. Every one of these stories, I've seen them. You saw them when you went Kemet. Saw them on the wall. Been there for thousands of years on the walls and coming before the Hebrews wrote anything. They already existed. Everyone, and they did not understand, even though they were Africans, they did not have the intellectual development that the Kemetic and Kushite people had. They didn't even understand what the hell those stories meant themselves. Only a fool believed that a man took a boat that was less than a block long, put Two of every animal on it. It depends upon what part of the Bible you're reading. Because you go in the next chapter and it says two of some and seven by seven of others. And put them on a boat that's only three stories and less than. Dr. Barishan, go. We're going to uh, go play immediately to uh, the second part. This is his last speech before he made his transition. And. Uh, want to definitely pay tribute to Dr. Reverend Dr. Ishakamusa Barishango. Black long? And how long he stay on the boat, y'all? 
Boy, that programming is a, a bitch, ain't it? I'm sorry, excuse me. See, I, I done gone back on the corner. Let me be cool. Yeah. Brother Quabin, that programming is something, man. It's, isn't it? Y'all got this, my Bible, my Bible, my Bible. Don't even read the damn thing. Read the story, and it says that we're on the water 350-some days. Almost a year, as we know it today. And you're on the water all that time with animals. You got to feed them. And anything that eats, there's only eight people on the boat. What's the first thing Noah do when he get off the boat? Found him some grape, man. Smashed him some wine. He could have grown anything. He could have grown some bananas. He could grow some apples. He could grow some greens. He could grow some okra, which is, I mean, Africans really love some okra, so he could make him some gumbo, you know. He could have grown him some plant. No, he grew grapes. <laughs> and stood there and watched them. And as soon as they got tender, he stomped them and made him some wine. After you done shoveled shit for 350 days, you need to get you off. <laughs> That's the reality. You remember I'm a student of Dr. Ben, y'all. You know that. That's the reality of this. I deal with all the stories in here like that and, and make us come to grips with it. Right. Oh, Lord, lightning was striking. You see, ain't no lightning struck me yet. They know lightning struck me yet, and it's not going to strike me. Because I'm not offending the creator. The creator is an intelligent force. He would never come up with something as dumb as we believe in today. <laughs> this is humans that do this. Right. African warriors in the Bible. This is one of my favorite tapes. It was delivered at UAM. One of the many times I had the honor of being at UAM. And one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite tapes, because I get tired of hearing this from black folks. You can't hate nobody. You tell them the reality about white folks and what they have done. Tell me just the historical reality. Just spell it out. You can't hate nobody. You ain't read your Bible again. Because in Psalms it said, I hate them with a perfect hatred that hate thee, O Lord. Almost a year, as we know it's perfect. You haven't read Ecclesiastes. There's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time to kill. There's a time for peace. How come you hated the preacher and the pokey shop said and he know all about it? Reverend Hula Halvin, preacher, get up, read it to you like a Bible story and hoop and holler for two damn hours. And you don't know any more than you did when you first came in there, but you feel good. I'm going back to the ghetto, to the slums. I got to take this stuff off these white folks on this job, but it feel good. Look what Jesus has done for me. Why are you doing more for the white folks than he's doing for you? Why is that? If he loves you so much, why aren't they working for you instead of you working for them? These are some questions you need to ask. You need to ask that. Now, anyway, African warriors in the Bible deals with the fact that the Bible does not teach turn the other cheek. Those things were written several hundred years after the one they called Jesus was on this earth. He never said anything like that out of his mouth. And we have the historical data to back that up. He never did say that. 
This is what they put in there to control the masses of people and to pacify them. That's what the Roman Empire came up with. You look in that Old Testament and they blood is slinging every which way. The prophet Elijah, a man of God, chopped up 450 prophets of Baal, chopped them up. They didn't play. Jehu rode in, ordered Jezebel's behind her to be thrown out the window. She dashed in the street, bust apart, and the dogs lapped up her entrails. These are people of the Lord. And you walk around talking about, I can't stand up and fight for my freedom. Because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he's telling people, get up, go wipe out the whole town. Every, the cattle, anything. And this is what it says in the Bible. It's written in the Bible. Everything that pisses against the wall, kill it. But I can't do that. And then praying when you, they take your children and send them over to Iraq and everywhere. Oh, Lord. They're fighting for freedom, strength in the hand of the president and our nation's leaders. And they say, well, no, I'm going to become a new black panther. I'm going to fight for our freedom. Oh, you might get hurt. You're my baby. You're my child. Why do you want to do that? You can't get nothing by hating nobody. All kind of reasons. When that white man drafted him, oh, he looks so nice in his uniform. <laughs> When they get to talking like that, take them to, see, I like to take these Negroes to the Bible and make them read the text. But you can't make them read them if you don't know them. See, I make them read the text. Read that. What does it say? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it say that, but it don't mean it. What it mean? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my pastor. <laughs> Great black women in the Bible. You always hear about the men in the Bible. They, they, when King James and them got hold of it, they were such misogynists, such women haters. They didn't even get in homosexuals and said they wanted to be women. That's their problem. Let's be honest like that. Psychosexual dimorphism. They didn't know whether they wanted to be male or female. So they left out the names of a lot of these women and they did great things here. And I used to use this one around Mother's Day. Great black women in the Bible. You go in the church and preach that, the women be howling and shouting, and the preacher be saying, I can't wait to get this nigga out of the pulpit. That's part one. The story of Makeda is in there. You're going to be surprised at some of the people you're going to find in there. This is part two. And the great black women in the lineage of the one you call Jesus. And some of them had not too savory pasts either. They had some real skeletons in their closet. They were great women, and they did great things. And they have that, that story in there, and it's a story of the Kandaki, uh, the story of the Kandaki warrior queen is in there, and I think it's the story of Ya'asantrawa on this one, to close it out. African origin of the Christian church. Dr. Feller just covered that, and, and uh, Anova covered that. There was no Christian church before there was one in Africa. And the principles they lived by were altogether different from the principles of the Roman Catholic Church, the European Catholic Church that took the church by military force. 
They took it with an army. They took it in the days of Constantine. I give you the history of how that transpired on this tape. Y'all all right? I got a little more time? Take your time, bro. Okay. It's not the lecture you expect to get from me, but you already got that, so I'm giving you another one. All right? You all right? Now, if you want me to stop, I'll, I'll go home. All right. Now, I'm, I'm finished with the Bible. Oh, Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Somebody came up to me one day. Did you believe in Jesus? I said, oh, Lord, I don't feel like messing with this. I'm tired. Which one? The one that died for you on the cross. Which one? What you mean, which one? The Jesus that died on Calvary. My Savior. Y'all Savior. Which one? And they looked at me, man, and all that Christian love decided to turn into burning hate. The one in the Bible. Which one? And boy, when, uh, when they left me, they had consigned my soul to eternal damnation. Yeah. So there's over 16 people that you would call Jesus that uh, I didn't even tell them there was nobody named that. It was just, they, they might have shot my ass. So. I was in a no-win situation. So some told me, don't tell them that. <laughs> the real Jesus was a black man. This was also delivered at the UAM. Ten points about this black man who may or may not have lived back then, but we know there was over 16 people with the name Yeshua who had been crucified by the Roman Empire. So we don't know which one they're really talking about here. They're doing different periods as the Hebrews, uh, Israelites were fighting for their liberation. Uh, against the Romans. They were fighting for their liberation. That's what the kingdom of heaven, and then I'm not in no heaven, kingdom of heaven. You don't even check the language out there that it says. But there's 10, and furthermore, there was nobody named Jesus. How do I know that? Because if you look in any, any dictionary, I'm going to be closing soon. I see y'all looking at your watches and everything. You know? I'm not in the motherland. See, in the motherland, they can sit all night long. You all can't do that in America. Uh, there is nobody named Jesus. There never was anybody named Jesus that lived in Palestine 2,000 years ago because 2,000 years ago, there was no J in any language. Look in any dictionary under the letter J, and it will show you somewhere between the mid-1600s, yeah, mid-16th century, somewhere there. You get the letter J. There was none. So who the hell are you talking about? Who is this Jesus you keep hollering and screaming about? No wonder you ain't getting your prayers answered. Because you're calling on something that does not exist. All on your car tags, all on everything. Jesus, 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 Jesus. What are you talking? Don't get mad with me, y'all. We got to think. You got to, first of all, hold it. The Spirit is telling me to, to stop and, 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 and say this to you. You've got to think about this. When was this, these ideas presented to us? Where were we and what condition were we in? We were on the plantation. Who were giving us these ideas? Who was imposing these ideas on us? We already had our ideas about 
spirituality. We already had our ideas about the Creator. We already had our ideas about treating each other right. Do your unto others as you would have them do. We already had those ideas and we're living by those ideas. Who was it who gave us these ideas that we hold so dear now about this? Here's the second question. When does one who is holding another in bondage teach them anything that is good for them and that will make them a better person? Whatever they teach them will only make them a better servant and a slave of theirs. So now, everything white folks ever taught us we have to dismiss. You have to do just like a junkie does. He has to first admit, I am a junkie. I'm a junkie. I'm a junkie. You a junkie. We all junkies. I confess I'm a junkie. I've been high off the white man's drugs for a large portion of my life. Now, when I was a counselor to drug programs, one of the basic things that they taught that you had to do when you were counseling with somebody is not let them go into denial about the fact that they got a problem. They first, before any healing process can begin, must admit that they had a problem. An alcoholic has to stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. Got to do that. Because you got to keep that ever home in your mind. We are fools. We are all, have all been fools. And a lot of the reason why you don't like to let a lot of this stuff go, and let me, I'm not trying to take too long, but let me share this story with you. Let me share. I don't have to tell our driver to get some sleep, man. <laughs> but we got a lot of drivers in this car. Now, a lot of brothers came up with me. I'm going to introduce these brothers to you for a minute, too, because some of your sisters in here looking for some good, strong brothers. <laughs> Not that you don't have any here, but they might already be taken, so it's just in case. But look here, man. I had a good friend named Cisco Oliveris, tall cat down in, in Atlanta. We used to soldier down there years ago, man. We did some wonderful things in the community for the people and everything. Some good business stuff, too, that brought some scratch into the community, you know. And he told me the story of his father, who was a big, tall man out of Texas. And he had this young girl, he was saying, you know. And his friend, thinking he was doing him a favor, came to him and said, you know, I saw that girl that you're messing with, and she was tipping off into the motel with another dude. And Cisco's father didn't say, thank you, man, for looking out, good looking out. He punched the cat in the face and knocked him down steps. Why? Because he went into denial. Why do people go in there? Why do people, when they catch somebody and they say, you, uh, uh, you betrayed me. They catch their lover or someone with someone by, somebody else. And I'm talking about male, female. Let me get that straight. But you, they, with somebody else, they kill them. Why? Because you made a fool out of me. No, they didn't. You made a fool out your damn self because you just killed that person. And them cops going to throw your ass in the dungeon. Now, that's that. So you made a fool out. They made their choice. Now you got to uh, hey, decide whether you live with it or not. It's that simple. You understand? Don't nobody belong to you, and you don't belong to nobody. That's the reality of it. If they're with you, because they want to be there. But the thing is, nobody likes to think that they've been made a fool out of. That's the problem you have with black folks when you talk to them about this. They cannot believe. It's not so much that they believe in it. They cannot believe they've been a fool for so long. That's hard to come to grips with to admit you have been a fool. Well, we have. We have. So now just admit it and get it over with. 
And if that's too hard for you, think about what the junkie got. You want the junkie to stand up. You want the junkie to go somewhere and get yourself some treatment. And before they can get any treatment, they got to admit what? They're a junkie. If the alcoholic in your community, you need to go get some treatment. You need some help. Before they do that, they got to admit that they're other. You need some treatment. I need some treatment. Before we can get some treatment, we need to admit we are fools. Absolute fools. You believe in Santa Claus and touch your children about that? You was a damn fool. You worked all that hard and got all them things and gave a big, white, greasy, funky, blood, butt. White man the credit, you was a show no And we did it. So now, hey, can't nobody look at nobody and point the finger. Unless you were lucky to come up like Nova or some of these younger people here who wasn't exposed to that man. But we have to say, okay, I'm a fool, you're a fool. Now let's get about some healing for all of us. And so then the Spirit told me to get on on with that because some people just don't like me hitting on their Jesus in the Bible like that. Hit hit but I'm trying to give you your Jesus, the one the white man gave you. It's not yours. It's non-existent. I'm trying to give you the right man, which was Yeshua ben Yosef. I cover ten facts in here. And one of those facts that I cover in here is that the what they say, the Jesus of history, quote, unquote, was not God, considered to be God, not even in their terms. It took, what, 400 years almost for them to come up and solidify that concept after spilling much blood over it. He doesn't even claim that. Because they come to him one time and say, good master, say, ho, 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 who are you calling good? There's only one good, and that's the father. They came to him and said, when is all this going to happen? He said, I don't know. Only the father knows. You understand? But the gospel of John say. The Gospel of John is written when? There's no gospel that exists today from that period. There's nothing from that period that can go back further than 200 years after the fact. Absolutely nothing, with the exception of maybe the Gospel of Thomas, which may be between 140 and 150. And they don't say nothing about his life. The Gospel of Thomas has a lot of sayings, which are wisdom sayings that came out of the ancient comedic text. All right, I'm trying to put it put it back. We have been re- we are suffering from religious persecution. We were spiritual people, and people came and put these religions on us, and we just got crazy. We got separated from the Creator. That's what religion does; for you. it just separates you from it. It's a, and see if there's no organized religion, can't nobody make no money. It's a, it's a question of economics. You was in your mother's womb, and you worshipped your creator each and every day of those 40 weeks of gestation you were in there. You already knew the creator. The moment you were conceived in the womb, you knew your creator. The spark of life that met with the spermatozoa and the egg that created this new car. Now, that created this thing came from the heart and center of the universe. And so you already knew the creator because... That spark you brought with you. And when you came in this world and you cried, you were given glory and honor to your creator. And they said, baby, sin the moment they cry in the world. Now you know. That don't make no sense. The marital life of Jesus and the son by marital life of Jesus. Marital life of Jesus. The man wouldn't nobody have followed him nowhere. In the Hebrew tradition of that day. 
How do I know that? Because I studied the Hebrew tradition of that day. And also, if you know how to read your Bible carefully, you will find out that he was married. Possibly he had two wives. Now, I know you sisters don't want to hear that. But the women invented that system, and I ain't going to say no more about that. His son, Barabbas. Because the word Barabbas means son of the father. And when you read the New English translation of the book of Mark, they put in there the parts that the King James, the verses that the King James left out, and it doesn't just say Barabbas, it says Jesus Barabbas, or in other words, Jesus Jr. But there's a lot more in there to deal with. I quote from a book that's very hard to come by now, and that's uh, The Jesus Scrolls by Donovan Joyce, some very heavy stuff up in there. Black Historical Facts on the Life of Jesus, Volume 1, Volume 2. The historical reality of this person that they be talking about. But not only the person, I put the emphasis on what was happening in the world at that time. Didn't nobody give a damn about what was happening in, 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 in that part of Northeast Africa then. There was more going on in Kemet. There was more going on in Cush. A whole lot of stuff was going on. And when you say, and the stars shine and the three wise men came. Nobody, they been looking at that star every time it came out. They had been celebrating it. So, and they had named so many saviors after that star for so many years that nobody cared about some little cat born in a barn somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> it didn't even snow in Palestine, but twice in the whole history up in the Judean hills. It didn't even snow in Northeast Africa, y'all. And then shepherds left. There's not a school Ooh, in America named after Nat Turner. I don't even know a liberation school named after Nat Turner. Nat Turner scared black folks. <laughs> he used to be a part of him. Scared the hell out of y'all. He frightened you. Because I heard people say, maybe he's moving too fast. Maybe he moving. <laughs> Nat had reached from the grave and put his hand on him. What else was he going to do? He had to do that. We were scared, y'all. We prayed, oh, Lord, send us a deliverer. Oh, Lord, get us out of this. And then we went to the babies, each new, first male child. It's you the one. Oh, Lord. And then I popped that. Oh, Lord, we didn't know it was going to be like this. You got to kill white folks? And their babies, too, while I raised that child. I nursed that child. We got to kill them. <laughs> teach, brother, Teach. <laughs> That was too hard for black folks, man. And that's why even, and it's so hard, it's still in our psyche. We're so scared of him that we don't even have one school in any black community, not even a liberation school named after Nat Turner. Because I'm not saying, you know, Garvey is worthy of all the schools you name after him. And he wasn't no punk. None of them were. Malcolm wasn't any. But Nat was the one of all and his generation of black liberation preachers took it to them with the sword, with the machete, man. They took it to them with the cane chopping knife. They took it to them. They did, man. And that's frightening to most black people. Had Tubman didn't play. I'm dying. I'm going back. Dead men don't, dead men don't tell no tales. <laughs> The right Reverend Mother Harriet Tubman. She didn't play. She couldn't play. I'm scared. I can't go no further. You can't. 
See, I don't mind. <laughs> That's how it was. There was some bad folk from back in there, and the preachers that came out of that period were like that. They didn't play. My great-great-great-granddaddy, John Campbell, which is the reason why I'm as crazy as I am, was a preacher who led a slave revolt in West Petersburg, Virginia. So, I mean, that, I, I love them preachers back then, man. Where they at now? There ain't but a few of them around. And, and I don't know, I don't know, one or two I know who will take it like that, gangster preachers, who will take it to it, take it to the height. And, of course, and the word of the Lord came by Marcus Garvey. Before I delivered this lecture, I was at the UNIA building on Cecil B. Moore Avenue and 16th Street in Richard Allen City. White folks live in Philadelphia. We live in Richard Allen City. And they let me go in the office that the Honorable... Reverend Dr. Ishakamusa Bereshanko, it is his birthday today, February, excuse me, April 27th, 1938, and he made his transition January 14th, 2004, he was 66 years old, and I I love hearing Dr. Bereshanko, and I know reason why I always appreciate him because his birthday and minds are the same, but more so about what he was presenting to us. Now, you know, uh, I'm not a firm believer in the historical truth of the Bible or other religions, but I know that we need and we always had spirituality. We always had spirituality. And we understood how important it was to honor and revere our ancestors. You heard in, the, in part one, he talked about the African brother who, t- who the ancestors told him where they were laid and where those bones were. So, give us a call at 215-490-9832, 215 215- Four nine zero nine eight three two. We can talk about Doctor Bear, Doctor Bereshango, or anything else you want to talk about. Um, I know that um, I know that we should appreciate warrior scholars. I present those brothers and sisters. Who that would not be presented by the society because they were those like Nat, like he's like he talked about Nat Turner. Like when we were in school, if you can remember, particularly if you were up in age, you know that if you went to school in the fifties and sixties, you didn't learn about Nat Turner. You weren't going to hear a damn thing about Nat Turner. You weren't going to hear nothing about Frederick Douglass. Because he resisted. He whooped that cracker's ass in, in, in Maryland and hightailed it up to Massachusetts. You weren't going to hear about Harriet Tudman, Sister Armentia. You ain't going to hear about her or anybody that was willing to fight. Because they don't want you 
just like in the Haitian Revolution, my dear friend, Sister Bayina Bello, Mama Bayino, she was talking about how they, you know, kept the information about the Haitian Revolution from Af- American African people for many years. They want you to know about somebody who's rebelled because we don't want to put that idea in your head and that you will rebel too. We got to control what you read, control what you see, and control what you think. Because I don't want you acting like you want to liberate yourself, like you're trying to be independent of me. I want you docile. And you know the theology that they imposed upon us made us docile, made us believe that we're just suffering here and we'll get ours in by and by. When they had the, the, the quote, slave Bible, that wouldn't even, you didn't even get the Exodus story out of that. We don't want you having no idea But Nat Turner took that Bible and he trans and he related those stories to our situation. So he was willing to do whatever, kill whoever to make us free. And I know today, as Dr. Barishango was stating, our people are afraid. You know, when I read those Inye Sasems of daily revolutionary thought, revolutionary, in revolution, you do whatever it takes be it physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it takes. Now, you know, my days of physically fighting, but if I have to, I will. Because to me, I will do whatever it takes. At this stage for for me, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if I am available to do so from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to present this program and I'm going to talk about independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. I'm going to live by the model of this program, Pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. There is no other choice. We can't hope for this, pray for this, wish for this. We have to work for this. We have to put energy in making this happen. We have to speak on it. 
We have to do it. It is there. Those five pillars. Repatriation is one of those five pillars. Repatriation. I keep saying, you can't do it here. You got to go home. You got to go home, brothers and sisters. This is theirs. And they're going to do whatever they feel is necessary for them to do. But we have to go home. The five pillars of African spirituality. African divinity. Give homage and veneration to to the African creator, the African spirits, the African ancestors, and the spiritual sacredness of nature. You see, these folks ain't got, they can give, the European can give less than a rat's ass. Caucasians could give less than a rat's ass. The Urugu could give less than a rat's ass about nature. They done messed it up so bad. Some of the people saying that it may be, if they don't do something to correct it, it may be impossible to reverse it. To bring it back. To let nature take its course again. Now I've seen programs that says that uh, you know, nature can do it if those who have defiled nature stop doing it or if the entities that did it are eliminated. I think if, I don't know if you've ever seen there was a program on, I'm not sure, one of the learning channels. If there were no humans, if there were no people more, you know, all human life was gone. The buildings and everything else that humans did was still there. And how nature took over it, crumbling concrete and and rusting uh, metals and foliage just growing over everything. If nature, and and I, I don't doubt that, and I definitely don't doubt what humans have done to mess nature up. I like I've said many times. I read that article about then climate change or global warming as it was stated back at that time. That it is real. And that humans have messed up the ecology. Pretty much Europeans because of their selfish and greedy nature. There is no, and, 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 and then also too, planning because Africa could feed the world. Not many places on the planet can really say that. I believe probably America possibly could. But understanding that America's about individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. That's what America's about. Capitalism. 
So it ain't about sustaining human life. It's not about sustaining sustaining life period on the planet. It is about utilizing it to the best end to maximize profit. So if some have that, that's why they're talking about all this. Some people got to die. That's why for some of us who did not take that jab, because we know the history of the European. They have shown us we, there is no trust. Not a damn bit of trust that we should have for these people. But we've been trained to do so. So some years from now, could be there's some issues that you have from a health standpoint because of what took place at this time. I'm preparing a presentation on ancient Kemet that I've done and added to it because of the Great Pyramid K 2019. And of course, if you haven't seen Great Pyramid K 2019, I'm suggesting that you do so. If you want to see the documentary by my good brother, Jeremiah Kamara, who was with us on Monday, you know, I got a link for you. If you want to give me a call at 414-324-5796, 414-324-5796, I'll provide a link for you so you can check the documentary out. Holy hierarchy. And if anybody does and they know, I mean, it's, it, brother Jeremiah Kamara's Cole he is a very talented brother and that documentary is outstanding it is outstanding holy hierarchy the religious roots of white racism the religious roots 334 334 good afternoon 334 334 good afternoon brother Theo you there Brother Theo, you there? Okay, well, when you want to come back, hit start twice and come on in, Brother Theo. I appreciate you, brother. You know that. Um, so give me a call or 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 email me at OSHI427. Ah, 427. What's today? 427. OSHI427. A as an apple, D as in dog, E as in Edward. Oh, but the, the first the first four letters of my first name and the first three letters of my last name, A D E, O S H I four two seven A D E at gmail dot com. Say, brother Oshi, can you send me that information? I will say most definitely. Uh, of course, um, the Great Pyramid K twenty nineteen is on YouTube. Most everybody's got YouTube, so just go to YouTube and put in Great Pyramid. In fact, it's titled the movie, the movie Great Pyramid K 2019. It'll come up easily. And uh, please look at it. You know, because when they're talking about that lower chamber in the Great Pyramid, they're talking about that lower chamber and how that, uh, how, how all those chambers are perfect. <laughs> are perfect, just straight across or up, whatever angle is perfect from one end to the other. 
just a millimeter off. That's how deep this is. But one thing that we do know, and I know because as being a firefighter working in the tunnel, in deep tunnel project, you're in a confined space. And, and if you're breathing, you breathe in oxygen. You breathe out carbon dioxide. And if you're in that confined space and all you're breathing out is carbon dioxide, you're going to die. You're going to die. 334, 334, good afternoon. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Brother Ossie. Hey, man. Hey, can you hear me? I sure can, Brother Theo. Go on. All right. Hey, uh, first of all, let me just bid you a, a great day and, and, and happy birthday to you. Um, and, <laughs> Thank you, dear uh, brother. And I hope to see you see many more, I brothers, so, so you can share that wisdom um, with us. Um, I wanted to make sure of that uh, first and foremost. And uh, hopefully your family will enjoy your presence, and I'm sure they will. I appreciate and, that. Uh, just all the very best to you on, on this day today. I say. Thank you, my brother. Very good. And and I, I never quite, um, Billy Shango, I thought I may have heard of him before. I'm not quite sure. I just have to do my homework more on him um, to see how he, um, uh, brings that that knowledge about spirituality and things that we need to do. See that that's one of the uh, reasons why I asked what I asked when um, Brother Kamayo was on your show. Uh, can we rid ourselves of this thing we call religion? Like, is, is it possible to do that uh, so we could be in tune, so we could listen uh, to ourselves and to our voices, right. uh, just a little bit clearer. I think that the, 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 you know, and just as he said as well, it's a good question. But the thing is, is for us as African people, we must relate, we must rid ourselves of religion and embrace, uh-huh. and embrace spirituality. You yeah. know, that's the thing because the spiritual aspects of who we are are just as I read the NHSA sim and as Baba Broody has explained, it's ever present constant religion is a a, a a system that has been created out of theology and a belief system uh-huh. that is, that has been imposed on people with different rituals and different saying and, and different characters and so forth and a history it, you know and 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 that's why even listening to dr Barishan go you know and saying these particular people i don't look at the bible historically I firmly believe that the Bible is not an historic book, especially uh-huh. especially when you hear some of the stories, which are hard to believe these stories like he quote, I mean, he quote, he, he mentioned uh, the Noah story. He mentioned Adam and Eve, you know, in, in his presentation, if you've been listening, you know, and, and all uh-huh. these other stories that, that are hard to, and, 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 and the dogma, the dogma of religion, particularly is uh, uh, Christianity and Islam. These stories defy rational thinking, defy all loss. You know, it, it, it's impossible. You know, but yet, you know, you are trained to believe these, and and and, uh-huh. and that the Bible is the infallible word of God. There is no other book more true than the Bible. And of course, we know that is not true. It's just like, it's just like the, uh, uh, 
as I was mentioning the Great Pyramid K, I'm putting together the presentation to add on to one that I had. And because the, the Great Pyramid K 2019, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, I believe this is how it was done. Okay. I believe that those pyramids were poured. I believe that African people, dark-skinned people, were the only people who could do that work at any time in that region. Not just then, hell, today. You know, particularly that kind of work, being out, out outdoors and having the sun just beating down on you. You No, no Caucasian could have done that. Nobody, uh, uh, no other persons could have done that but us. And it was poured. That's why that shaft is, is, is perfect from the beginning of that shaft to the end of the shaft. There's four shafts uh-huh. in the, in, in the uh, Pyramid of Khufu, the Great Pyramid. That stands four, 481 uh, feet and, and has over 2 million. Over 2 million blocks of stone? That's, bogg- that's mind-boggling, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And then some of the stones are weighing up one ton. One ton is 2,000 pounds. Some of these things are weighing two, three, four, six, seven tons or more. Tons. Seven tons is 14,000 pounds. There ain't a goddamn ship back then that could even possibly take that amount of stone from down, uh, upriver from Kemet and sail it downriver going north from that point hundreds of miles and then dragging that stone from off that, that barge or ship and putting it in a place and maybe you had to go at a higher level. No, it's impossible. But if it's poured, if the granite could be melted by the solar lens and poured, it's all possible. Uh huh. It is all possible. And the reason why you don't see it in, in the Medunetra, they understood that a lot of stuff that we talk, that they understood that a lot of things that we do cannot be known to everybody else because they would definitely come to take our stuff and take our stuff the way that we've done it. Take the solar lens and use it for their purposes. There's always been a fight for energy. So, you know, you know what one believes and what one knows to me, it's what one knows is most important to, as opposed to what one believes. You can uh-huh. believe anything. Uh-huh. So religion makes you want to believe. You have to believe. See, yeah. I told my brother who, who I consider a theologian, he knows the Bible front and back, you know, but he, he, don't, he don't mess with me, man. Because <laughs> I, as I tell him, I said, you come in with a, a narrative of faith. I'm coming with a narrative of fact. And this is just, it is not my opinion. You know, I don't give you my opinion. I come with the information that has been provided by our scholars and our historians. And I've been blessed to look at that information, retain some of it, and then discuss it. That's, 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 that's a fact. You know? Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So when oh. I get that, so when I get that presentation, man, together, brother, I want to come to Montgomery. Okay? Very good, very okay. good. And if all goes well, I might come up there, yeah, okay, um, and uh, check it out too as well. So okay, um, the the the, the, the rest of the property 
um, is there. Uh, thank you for your patience, brother. I appreciate you. Oh, you too. And um, uh, I'm learning a lot, still continuing to learn. We all um, are. And uh, the exposure right to uh, a, a different facet of things that definitely come through okay. programming like this. So, look, enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, brother and, Theo, uh, thank hope you. Hope all is well, and until next time. Right on, brother Theo. Appreciate you, brother. Have a blessed day. Peace, Baba. Peace. Yeah, that's a good brother right there, brother Theo. Six four six six four six. Good afternoon. Six four six. What's happening, Jay? Hey, OCO. Happy birthday, my brother. Thank you, Jay. Um, Thank did, you. Did our good, did our good brother Quake Cool bring you a chocolate cake? Yeah. <laughs> you remember that from last year, man? <laughs> Yeah, man. I know Quaku is cracking up. He always lives. Quake I know Kool, he's cracking Quake up. Quaku go bring you a, a chocolate cake, no <laughs> vanilla or nothing else. You know what I mean? Not even red velvet. Not even red or velvet, my Jack. Yeah, because they're chocolate. Right. He's going to just bring you straight up chocolate. Yeah, brother. Chocolate cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, hey, listen. I tell you this. It's definitely an honor to share a birthday with Barry Shango. Yes, it is. Man, yes, it is. Barry Shango was a funny cat, yeah. man. He did it. He get in a lecture, and man, he turned it out. And I mean, the thing is, when you look at the face of the Negro when he started speaking <laughs> about. They shot daddy. Uh-huh. Oh man, it would be it would be classic because <laughs> you know he would go in, man, and you know a lot of times they'd be maybe one of those happy go lucky Negroes who want to challenge him, and they get that smoke, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But most of the time, Negro would just sit there and be scared, to, like a like a church mouse or something like that. Right. But he was a he was a beautiful brother, man. He was a he was a beautiful brother and I'm glad to say I had the opportunity to hear him you know, meet him and, you know, just be in his present um one or two times. Right but on. he was he was a warrior, man. Yeah. Yes. To, to know to know and, you know, like Crothers and the rest of them. I mean you know, it's funny, and I always say this. The scholars back in the day, man, they were no joke, man. They weren't. They were fearless. They were fearless. characters today. Yeah. Them cats were fearless, you know, man. The cats today, the cats today, they on something different. But back in the day, Barisango, man, he give you that smoke. They all give you that smoke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. it's, I don't know. I mean... You know, it's more of a it's more of a comedy show at times. You know, because I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I get a kick out of Tyrod Suit and Teddy. <laughs> I think he's hilarious. You know what I mean? Now, his information is on point. Don't get me wrong no, it about is. that. It but is. His presentation is cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, it is time. very profane. Because, I mean, the man is lewd, obnoxious. Yep. You know what I mean? He. He's he's profane. Very at, profane. At some point, I mean, he's just yeah. he's an entertainer on a certain level. I mean, he would do he would do wonders if he could do his presentation 
without doing all that cussing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 hey, and, and, man, I, hey, man, listen. Ain't nobody can't say he wasn't at the foot of the elders, man, because you know he trained under Doctor Ben, right? But so, I'm saying, I mean, but see, but, but but Jay, but him quoting Doctor Ben and and, and and quoting all his other elders, and then and then uh, 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 doing all that cussing and, sh- and and I'm like, I'm quite sure they didn't approve of that because they didn't do that. I mean, yeah, they might let a, a phrase go and you know for some emphasis or yeah, but something like that, but not he like wasn't him. Like that around them. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like that around them. He didn't. He mm. didn't get down. He didn't get down like that. Don't okay. let nobody fool you and tell you that he acted that type of a fool okay. when he was around Doctor Ben and all. I mean, he would slip maybe. Yeah, because he had to have some respect for them, but that's man. That's just his rugged personality. But he wasn't cussing up a storm yeah, around Doctor Ben, Doctor Clark. Clark. Yeah. Now, I mean, he may say it more around Doctor Ben than he would. Uh, 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 Dr. Clark, because Dr. Clark wasn't having that. That yeah. wasn't Dr. Right. Clark's thing. You know, Dr. Right. Dr. Clark could tell you in a minute to check yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, he would do it in a way to where, as you know, you would have to, you would just have to look yourself in the mirror because Dr. Clark didn't play. Right. You know what I mean? He was an elder at the highest level of his team. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People... People love Dr. Clark. Yes. Dr. Clark was, yes. you know, what you call, matter, matter of fact, you know, it's funny. You always talk about your girl, Mamma Ani, right? Yes, always, always. When I was coming, when, when I was coming up, you know, Sister Marimba was like a student under Dr. She was. Clark. Like she James was. Smalls and all yeah. of that. So, you know, if you didn't know her indirectly, you didn't know that she was going to put forward the masterwork called the Yoruba. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you, she was there every Saturday. I remember seeing her every Saturday and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But until, you know, things drop. Oh, I say, oh, that's, that's what remember. I remember. I remember her from First World and all that. Mm-hmm. But these were people who were at the, at the foot of, of the great elders, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like when I hear people talk about James Smalls, you know, in my mind, I remember James Smalls as a gopher. So, I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get caught up and impressed by him. I remember when Dr. J was Dr. J, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's different when you was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. At that time and going to the lectures and things of that nature. It's just like everybody talks about Dr. Greg Carr is a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I remember the Negro sitting in the, in the audience. <laughs> he ain't no heavy. He ain't no heavyweight. Well, he ain't no heavyweight to me. First of all, I got issues with the Negro based on the fact that he joined the fraternity, and he should effing know better than that, because that's that Greek nonsense. How you gonna be an African well, well, maybe some Greek nonsense? That's that's as silly as it comes. Well, maybe Brother Kamathi is trying to, you know, uh, uh, well, I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it, but, you know, but nah, I have a lot of love. you can't rationalize bullshit, bro. <laughs> but I have, I, have, I have a lot of love for him. You don't rationalize somebody else's culture. Yeah. You don't rationalize repping somebody else's culture above yours and talking yeah. about I'm a five-star. Uh, uh, 
get out yeah. of here. Let let me smack you in the back of your neck and get it over with. Yeah. You well, know you what know, I mean? I, but, I would love to see within within those fraternities somebody break from the from the so called Greek thing and and, and 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 present maybe something comedic or something cultural or something spiritual for that relates to Africa. Oh, there people know? have tried, but it's been it's been knocked it's been it's been knocked down and it hasn't mm-hmm. been supported in in the manner in, in 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 which it should be. I mean, people have tried to put African centered um, situations right. together. You're right. I've heard of that. Those type yeah. principles, but they have never been. They never really caught hold. They never really spread. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's like the, our love of the white man. You know, anything that the white man presents to you, the Negro wants to accept it and gravitate towards it. Right. And then when you check the morning, they want to call you a hater. They want to call you this and that. It's just like it's just like society. You know, if you think about it. We at this point in our development, we're not where we're supposed to be. And the reason we're we're not at the way that we're supposed to be is because we don't have the institutions to sustain ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is about what? Going to school, getting an education, and doing what? Serving the white man. You know what I mean? And the point of the matter is, how could you ever serve your slave master freely mm-hmm. if you understand you're a slave how could so so the, so what you're saying is i don't have the rebellious spirit to take the yoke of the slave master off of my neck you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's just like if you talk about independence why are you ever giving me an argument because i'm talking about independence how could how could you ever argue with me about that? Right. Well, you know. I mean, that's well, you know, the reality. That's like on this program. There was a, before I came on uh, time for an awakening. I was on Blog Talk Radio, and 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 there's this cat from St. Louis. He calls himself Pianchi, and he's been on Kitty's show, Kitty's program rather. You know, because because I've listened to Kitty a while doing it, and I've heard him on there a number of times, and he would get into these discussions with me, man. And I kept saying to him, man, I don't want to dis- debate and discuss with you whether or not we should be liberated or free. That's ludicrous. I I want us to discuss how can we achieve it? How can we do it? You know, that, no, we ain't, they can't do that. We ain't, man, this is bull. Yes, we can. And well, we will. About yeah. Oh, you know that Negro? You heard of him? Oh man, that's a stone, that's a stone cold Negro. Yeah. And the and the crazy thing about the Negro is, and, and what makes it what it is, he's rich. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's uh, yeah, yeah, because he, he's, he's a, a capitalist. He's, he's a, a capitalist. He's yeah, a, he's a millionaire. He got right. he got money. Right. And he got a little bit of status. Right. Based he's on a, some things that he's done. Right. He's built. Life. Yeah, he's a build. He's a he's a builder. Right, he's a, con, a, a you know, contractor. He's he's built. Yeah, he's skyscrapers, built as he homes. said. Right. Yeah, he's he's um, you know, he's a can he's a construction wizard. Right. So, but that's, but that's what he says. He's a he's a class he's a class 
old a hole. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, yeah, he's the he's he's the type of Negro that would sell you out for yeah. a dollar. Well, you know, I've had I've had, to, I've had to cut him off the program a few times, man. Cause I don't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that, man. So anyway, Jay, you know that I'm up against that time, bro. So as always, brother, have a beautiful day. Make sure Quaku bring you your chocolate cake, <laughs> and um, take a little piece and you know put it up there and thank the ancestors, ancestors. <laughs> for giving you another day. I know Just that's right, make though. Sure they would never. I know that's right. Another trip around the sun. I really do. I really do. I, I'm glad you're here, brother. Right on, Jay. I appreciate you, brother. You have a you have a blessed day. All right, bro. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants. Think they can't do it out and they sure hell damn it don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Hope to see you on Friday. Shem Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bivahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a great day and hope to see you on Friday. Peace, family. Hey, quick, cool. You out there?